In today's episode, we're speaking to David Price. David is a certified professional life coach for more than five years. He's actually been a minister for over 20 years. He's created a and continues to create a, a successful life-changing coaching group, which has helped dozens of clients to achieve goals and desires, which they never believed were possible for them. As his coach, he's decided to help both men and women, but he especially helps men ask and seek for that help that they otherwise would not, which allows them to be better husbands, better fathers, and overall better human beings. Let's speak to David and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I have a guest all the way from the other side of the pond. It's David Price. Welcome, David. Gul, thank you so much for having me. What I love your energy. I'm so, I've got chills. I'm so happy to be here. You're so exciting and energetic. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming as a guest, David. We, everyone's heard your intro. They've heard how amazing you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. I'm a certified professional life coach. Uh, and after having my own uh, complete transformation in my life, uh, I'm just so excited and so uh, enthusiastic about personal growth and life transformation and how much things can improve in life. And I was just so fired up about that. I went and got certified as a life coach about six years ago. Uh, I tell people all the time that I'm a, I'm a Christian minister. I'm still in ministry. I've been doing that over 30 years. So uh, actually, I've been life coaching for three decades, but now I can call myself a certified professional life coach. Been doing that for about six years on my own business. And I'm just fired up about helping people know that they can change and actually help them achieve the change. Absolutely fantastic. So I'm really glad to, that we're having this conversation, David. As a minister, you would have seen, um, you know, what is required to hold on to faith, because I think one of the, I'm I'm very religious and I, I'm Muslim, but um, I know for a fact that, you know, when you hold on to religion, it gives you hope and you are tested. Oh my God, you're tested. I think even more so, the more faith you have, the more your faith is tested. So talk us through your journey. How does a minister, um, you know, go through life and end up needing the need for transformation? Because you would think a minister has all the tools at his disposal, you know, having the connection with God and talking to God and whatever else. Why would you need to have life coaching and why would you need to uh, become a life coach? I know the answer, but I want to hear from you. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because people do, Gull, as you said, they think that uh, Christians or people of faith, uh, mm. particularly faith leaders, 
uh, have all the answers yeah. and got it all together. And, you know, go, I can remember uh, one time at church, uh, I had taught a Sunday school class. I was supposed to get into the pulpit shortly after that and preach a sermon. And I went into the bathroom uh, there at our church building and I had a complete breakdown. I cried for five minutes. I was bawling and crying and I couldn't get myself together, but I had to because I had to stand up and preach to everybody else. And so, um, you know, I was for many years ago, I was miserable. I was a hundred pounds overweight. I hated my life. I hated myself. And that was having been raised a Christian, having, you know, known the Bible, had the tools, knew the knowledge and all that stuff. So, I mean, it just goes to show goal that knowing it and even being immersed in it doesn't mean that you're doing it. It doesn't mean that uh, you know how to do it. And I think a lot of times for people of faith, I think that we have the knowledge. I think we have the abstract information about what we believe, but I think there's a real disconnect between what we believe and where we live. Mm -hmm. And what we lack a lot of times is that practical information that connects. Here's what I believe to here's where I live. What do I do with it? How do mm -hmm. I put it into practice? A lot of times as faith communities, this is something we don't give to people. We stay up yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, we stay up here and we talk in abstract terms, but we don't say, okay, here's what to do with it. That's what I had to learn. Oh, I, I, that resonates with me so much. Now, I don't call myself a scholar of or, you know, a Muslim scholar at all by any standards at all. I have done my research and I do, I have a very, very strong faith in God. Absolutely. And I think what drives me is my faith more than anything else. But I completely agree with you there because I have people who say, okay, you should go and pray this and you should do that. Right. But it's easier. It's, it's very much superficial. And I have people crying their eyes out like God, begging God, give me this, give me this, give me this. And it doesn't work that way. Wow. Uh, you have to have you have to have a complete understanding, you know, as it says in the Bible, you know, ask as if it is given and it will be given. And the same thing, exact same thing is said in, in, in the Quran that, you know, you have I am to my servant as he believes me to be. Right. So if you believe God is, you know, this generous and amazing or, or thinking in secular terms, the universe is giving and generous universe is giving and generous god is generous and giving but if you think god is depriving you god is punishing you why are you punishing me god that is the disconnect and unfortunately i'm not saying you are but i find a lot of religious leaders try to manipulate the people with through fear of god you know this life is I've, oh my god the amount of times i've heard this life is a test this life is a test no it's like a gift of course yes you want to work for the hereafter and what you believe i do believe in the hereafter and now and i do believe that any good i do in this life benefits me in this life and the hereafter so i do believe in the hereafter absolutely but i don't believe this life is a test i think this life is a gift from god for me to be good to everyone to be the best version of myself and of course, you know, get a good scorecard, be a good girl. And, uh, you know, in terms of being honest and sincere and having good deeds, which allows me to go to paradise in the afterlife. So I do believe in all of that, but there's a disconnect for most religious leaders. And I, and I say this, and I can say this with your humility, I'm far from perfect. I have so much more work to do on my religious character. Absolutely. I'm, you know, but me too. what, what gets me to me is people who call themselves, you know, good Christians, good Muslims, good Hindus. And then they sit there and badmouth other religions, 
people from the same religion, but saying looking down upon them because they don't practice them. They go to they don't go to the mandiras often. They don't do they they don't go to the mosque that often. They don't go to the church that often. So they do look down upon other people, and then they wonder what's wrong with their life. And then then they there's a unfortunately, which I think you are doing an amazing job, and I want to learn more about how your transformation came to place. So we need people like you, ministers, who say, okay, this is the word of God. This is how God wants you to, but these are the steps you need to do this, 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 to connect with God, not just come to church on Sundays and pray. And that's your, and that's your, you know, religious duty and done with. Religion is about way of life. It's not turning up on a Sunday or turning up to the mosque every now and again or regularly. It doesn't matter. And I'm going to say this really quickly because I recently went to Pakistan last October. Everyone there, reads the namaz everyone there okay they they go to the mosque five times uh, most of them do and they pray and i look upon them as people and i'm thinking great you're doing your religious duty what about your humanity yeah and they lack it yeah and then they wonder why their life is so effed up and why god isn't rewarding them and why god is not um you know why is god punishing me i, I do my duty i'm praying but you're not yeah yeah, so to talk us through, how did your transformation came? I just had a bit of a rant about religious people. But... Oh, no, that was that was a great sermon, Gull. I was I was yeah, I was listening, taking it in, sure. So, uh, well, I mean, I had to hit rock bottom. You know, we hear that all the time, but I really did. I mean, I got to a place, and I'm a slow learner, Gull. It took me about 30 years to figure out that I was a complete mess <laughs> and needed to do something about it. I'm kind of a dummy that way, but. But when I finally hit rock bottom and I just I just didn't want to be around anymore. I didn't want I just could not deal with it. I was completely broken down. So I reached out to a friend and I said, do you have a book? Because I love to read. I said, do you have a book that can help me get my life straight? And he said, yes. And he shared with me a book called The University of Success by Og Mandino. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started reading that book and go, I kid you not, by chapter two, my life was, I had done a 180. I was completely, I was a new man. I mean, no, no, I'm going to write this down. What's the, what's the book called? University the of Uni- Success? The University of Success by Og Mandino. It's actually a collection of chapters and essays and stories from lots and lots of other Ben Franklin and I don't know who all, Okay, uh, but it completely turned my life around. And of course that book then led to other books, coaches, podcasts, videos, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And I just kept learning and growing at my life was, I was losing weight. Um, my life was, I was happier, making more money. Um, my family was getting better, not because they were changing, because I was changing and mm-hmm. everything in my world, you know, go when, when yeah. things change in here, everything changes out there. Right. And so everything was getting better and better and it continues to do that. And, um, it, that, that's how it happened. I mean, it was just, uh, reaching out getting help from a friend, getting a connection to personal growth and then mm-hmm. continuing the journey from there. So I want to congratulate you on being able to reach out. I'm, I'm going to ask you a difficult question. How did you even recognize you were a rock bottom? Like, how did you recognize that there's something that you can do? You can ask for help? Because now I ask this, I think as females, it's easier for us to ask for help. And I wanted to recognize this. This is where, because I really do believe in the sanctity of a man and a woman. And I'm, I'm beyond this rubbish that's the work agenda that's going on at the moment so i'm going to be really open about it right i really do believe men and women are equal but they're different so it's easier for a woman to be emotional and ask for help it's a lot more difficult for a man especially if he's a minister of god like how the hell can you need help how the hell can you not (laughs) ask god for help how are you asking me for help 
and in understanding yourself, recognizing that and I'm saying like, no, actually, this is God's direction. God's telling me to help, ask for help. How did you get to that point? Because there's plenty of men listening to this conversation at the moment thinking, I don't even know how to ask for help, David. Where do I even start? Where do you recognize that this is beyond me and I'm being directed to ask for help? Yeah, what a great question. And it's funny that you said that about men and women. I uh, One of my coaching programs is specifically for husbands and fathers mm. uh, who want to stop taking their frustration out on their wives and kids. And I tell people all the time that that's creating that coaching program is the dumbest business decision I ever made because creating a program that's targeted to men that requires men to raise their hand and say, I need help is probably the dumbest thing I've ever done because men are terrible at that goal. No man Mm. wants to admit that he needs help. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's tough. It's tough on guys to do that for a million reasons, but you know, Unfortunately, that's the reason that a lot of times it takes a crisis. It takes a complete breakdown. I realize, girl, I mean, I literally, and, and I don't I don't tell a lot of people this in very public ways, but but I, I literally sat down at my computer one day and I opened up a search engine and I typed into the search box how to commit suicide. Wow. And what I was looking for, well, I mean, I knew there were lots of ways, but what I was looking for was the least painful option because I'm a big chicken and I'm a wimp. Can I just and pause I for a second? Can I just pause for a second and just say how powerful that is that you're sharing this with us? Because um, suicide rates are higher in men than they are women. Let's recognize that. Let's let's give men the respect that they need because they need to recognize that you as a minister who was supposed to be talking to God was going through that. I really want to appreciate and congratulate you for being, being going through that for talking to me right now. And I also want to recognize the men listening to this. You are not alone. And you, if you are feeling that way, you need to seek help from someone because of the suicide rates in men, especially alpha men, like really ambitious men who fall down is higher than any other category. And, you know, we recognize all the issues that females go through emotionally, but the men are undermined. And if someone asks for help, it's like, well, aren't you a man? Suck it up. Yes, I agree. I do believe in some of the philosophy that Andrew takes with that. Suck it up. I do believe that. I think men should be stronger. But just because you ask for help doesn't mean you're weak. It just means you're recognizing at this moment in time, you need some, you can't figure it out. You need someone else to support you to come out on it. It only makes you stronger. And I want to, I really want to reach out to all, you know, all the alpha men say, don't go down this path, ask for help and come back up and be the man that God made you to be, to be the protective providers of women. Like I do believe men are that. They have that special category and they have that special role. But there are moments when you need to have the help. So I just wanted to congratulate you and really say, I mean, I really highlight that issue. Yeah, well, and I appreciate that. I uh, And it's funny that you said that, Gal. I was just reading this morning in an online article from The Guardian, one of mm-hmm. your newspapers, in fact. Um, and I, if I want to, I, I want to try to get it right. But I think the title of the article was "The Struggle of Fatherhood." But I, it seems like that I saw that they made the point that in the UK that suicide is the high, is the most common means of death for men under 50 and i may have gotten that wrong but it's it's right it is it very is very high yeah it very is very high this yeah. is the issue that i'm making that, that and i and i yeah. and i i've only before that i you know and i want to understand explain this because you and i from, from probably from similar generation right so late 70s early 80s childs right and so you know generation x or what we call ourselves and uh, 
we were taught the men and women are equal and that uh, and 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 as much as that put pressure on females because we had we had a conversation recently on another podcast to talk about the you know, the, the impact on women uh, trying to live up to the same standards as men but men at the same time have been you know have this uh, really unrealistic standard to live up to uh, yet they are unable to ask for help because then they're seen as weak and this is the reason why that because men have testosterone, they what they do do they take, become aggressive and they take the anger out on the, on the families, and then when they feel hopeless and helpless, they turn to suicide. And this is the reason why. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, we feel like there are no options available to us, you know. And in my own case, girl, I mean, the the friend that I asked about the book, the reason I asked him was because. He had many times reached out and asked me if I wanted help. He had offered to help me uh, because he's really, really got it together in personal growth. And so he had offered to help me. But of course, girl, as you know, until a person is ready to get help, you can ask all day long and they're just not going to take it. Agreed. uh, Yeah. And so I just finally had to get to a place where I knew if I did not get help, it, there nothing was nothing was going to go right uh, and thankfully i chickened out i uh, i i looked up looked it up i chose a method and i was thinking through but wow. i was just too scared i, I had a wife and had do have a wife and children i just couldn't do that to them at the end of the day uh so i chickened out of actually doing it but that's when i realized i thought hey if i don't do something there's no way this is going to turn out well and so i really did so what i try to encourage men or anybody is to think is to try to think about getting help when you realize there's a problem a lot of times go when we wait until it's a complete crisis in some ways, it can be too late. There's some yeah. things that are not fixable at, at, a, at a certain point. We don't want to wait till it gets there. And so when you see that there's an issue, go ahead and reach out to somebody. You don't have to commit to a psychiatrist or a year-long coaching program or going on meds. You don't have to commit to anything. Just tell somebody that you got an issue and is there maybe some answer out there? Just kind of dip your toe in it and see about talking to somebody and then take it from there. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. I think that is so crucial to understand. And I do agree. I, I don't think there's any point in time when there's you know, this point of no return, but you may feel there's a point of no return. And if you really are contemplating suicide and you know you don't do suicide the first time you think about it, you do it multiple times and you build up the courage to get there. You and so I, I that's you know that's unfortunate. But if you are already thinking about suicide, then you recognize there's an issue, there's a problem. And as a man, you know, you do have responsibility for your wife and your children, your partners, and so forth. And it's really unfair to to put them through that trauma. So then you need to work out, okay, I am at a point where I'm thinking about this unthinkable thing, that means I need help. That should be your warning sign that I need help because I don't know anybody who, uh, if they look at anybody who's 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 committed suicide unsuccessfully, not successfully, unsuccessfully, obviously, successfully, we, we, we can't talk to them, but 
there are signs there from early on that this there's something wrong and you know you, you people think about it for some for the, especially suicide for a long period of time at least a good for, you know a good, a good period of time before they actually you know right. finally succeed at it because they have to build the courage for it first sign of something dire like that you recognize it's not you being weak it's your inner system your inner guidance system saying i need help recognize this look where i'm going and i need help and I'm so glad we're having this conversation today because you're a minister. If a minister can feel this way, who ministers been a minister for 30 years can experience this, you know, this, this dire moment, then an average human, you know, average man who is not going to church regularly, who does not have faith, who does not have that um, connection with God to, to fall back on is more likely to be a victim of such thoughts and you know maybe even succeed because they, they think there's a, there's no way out especially if you go through a financial crisis i mean you go through a financial crisis you go through a financial crisis so what right. i've been through my mother you know multiple times you know you pick yourself up and you carry on yeah. you know but there's no but men can feel so much burden that they feel there's no way out yes yeah and there's and there's uh, there's not traditionally has not been the support available for men. Um, and I'll be honest with you, God, I, I have been amazed since I've started this program and started talking about it on podcasts such as yours. Mm-hmm. I have been absolutely amazed in a good way at the number of women like yourself who are who are just jumping in with both feet and saying. This is so needed. Yeah. Let me support you. Let me promote you. Let's get that message out there. I, I've just been amazed, uh, you know, at the women who have who have supported what we're doing. Um, but the support is there. As a man, sometimes we feel like it isn't. We feel like if we reach out, our friends are going to think we're weak. Yeah, uh, we're going to think we're you know less than or whatever. But the support is there. You can reach out privately. You know, you can reach out. You don't have to go public with anything. Reach out privately, you know, to a coach or to a friend or to a a therapist or somebody. Um, But as men, we feel like the support isn't there. But today, particularly in our day and age, Gull, there is all kinds of support uh, and it's available and men need to be reaching out for it. Agreed. Agreed. And I think sometimes... um, it's more difficult to reach out to our friends and family and other people because it's a it's such a private part of ourselves that we don't want to share with them. We don't want to share with them that we are going through this trauma. We don't want to share with them we're ashamed of this. We're not, you know, maybe if they've got maybe they've had an affair or they've done something else or they had financial crisis which has a lot of shame attached to it. They don't want to share that with people. They're not because obviously the the respect from people, the friends and family, means a lot to men, but. In that case, you're exactly right. In today's day and age, you can Google something. You can Google a coach. You can Google help. And that's Google's your best friend. You can ask for help from a stranger and you know and get them to support you in, in a very confidential manner and still get the help and support you need without having to open up your wounds to people that you don't want to. And I understand that as a woman, it's easier for me to share my vulnerability and my weakness. Like if I have a partner, I want to share my weakness. I want to share, you know, what rubbish I'm going through. I want to, I want the support. I want them to, you know, I, I have a lot of masculine energy when I'm outside, but when I'm with my partner, I want them to be the, you know, be the masculine for me to be the feminine, for them to take care of me. Right. So I'll share my vulnerability. I share my downfalls. I share, I messed up, I help me, whatever. But that's because I'm a woman. Right. As a man, 
he may feel that you know the the, the partner is there for him to protect, so he cannot share his, especially financial. So functions is one of the right. big things. They can't share their financial, um, you know, problems with their their partners. In that case, that you need to reach out to help, and the help is available. People like you who are who've been there, done that, and sort of, you know, are now helping others. Help and support is available. I think if one point comes out from this from this particular episode is there's help available for you, and God wants you to help you. You know, God, universe, whatever name tag you want to give it, is there to this divine energy is there telling you. I'm there to support you. I'm there to help you go out, seek out help, and I'll find the right person for you. Because, you know, what you seek is seeking you. So you, the, the the person that you need, the mentor that you need, the support that you need is waiting and ready to support you because God right. has already lined it up for you, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, one thing, Gull, that you mentioned that I think is important, a lot of times as men who are afraid to show vulnerability or um, or suffering to our wives, uh, to our wives and our children, because yeah. we don't want to disturb them. We don't want them to feel like that they're at risk because we're struggling, and so we 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 feel this need to appear strong to our wives and our children all the time, so they don't feel shaken or so they don't feel insecure. But the fact is that if we do not open up about our vulnerability to somebody and get help, our wives and our kids are going to see it, but they're going to see it in really, really bad ways. They're going to see 100%. us break down. They're going to they're going to feel our anger and our aggression and frustration. There might be a suicide or a suicide attempt. The, 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 you know, you might leave the home. You might quit your job. There's all kinds of ways. So I guess what I'm saying is we can choose the way that we express our vulnerability or mm-hmm. our vulnerability is going to come out on its own in yeah. ways that damage everybody. So it's a lot better to choose how we get, you know, how we let it out than to be overcome by it and do it in unhealthy ways. A hundred percent. I absolutely agree. I mean, there's a, it's like a, your emotions are like a spring. There's only so much you can push down before it comes out. And when it comes out, you don't control how, you know, the outlet and on who it impacts right. and how. Right. And so I think this is where you need to have an open conversation but before you can get to that point, you need to seek help because when you yes. seek a professional help from a coach, they can help guide you to have that vulnerable conversation, not necessarily with your kids. I think that the kids don't need to enter the conversation, but your partner for sure, hundred percent. That's the reason you choose your wife, you know, um, or, or a partner, whatever you know, whatever you the way you are. You 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 need to be able to discuss that with your partner uh, and be able to have that conversation with your partner in an honest way to navigate from where you are. Because, I mean, if you have lost money, you've lost money. So you have to downgrade house, you have to downgrade whatever, and it's going to impact them and the kids. But as long as you keep the conversation open and you navigate and you've chosen the right partner, if the partner has an issue, then you know you've got the wrong partner. As simple as that. As far as I'm I'm concerned, honestly, you know, there are good men and good women as well. And if your partner has an issue with you and is only with you because you're able to provide some sort of lifestyle, you're you're with the wrong partner, right? Yes. Um, yes. So that's important to to recognize. So, but so you need to be able to recognize that too. So have a conversation with that partner and then navigate your life. And 
it's just one obstacle. I mean, look at all the major entrepreneurs that we have. Like, I mean, Donald Trump is an example. Uh, whatever you think of his politics, let's just keep that out of the way. But I, as an entrepreneur, he's he's made it. He's lost it. He's made it. He lost it. He takes a lot of risk, and he's done it right. right? Now, I don't care about his personal relationships either. That's not, that's none of my business. But as an individual, you can see he's made it and lost it, right? So you can make and lose it too. It's fine. It's part of the entrepreneurial journey, especially if you're an entrepreneur or if you're going through corporate jobs or things are happening with the rise of AI and everything else. You're going to have to navigate, change direction, move along, change and adapt. That's part of life. If you think if finance is the only thing holding you and your partner together, there's something wrong with your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. In a healthy relationship, goal, your, your spouse and your kids they don't they don't really want the money and the house all those things are great yeah and, and absolutely we, no no doubt about it right and we do want those things but they don't want those things they want you they want the man they want the person they want yeah. the relationship the connection the attention yeah. the most important thing that we can give our families is our attention and our time um, and you can do those things, whether you're a CEO or you're bagging groceries or you're a line cook somewhere, you can give your family the things that they need, regardless of where you work. And those are the things that they really want. So, you know, as men, we do feel, and, and I agree with you, Gull, I think it is the man's primary responsibility to provide a living. We do feel an obligation and we should feel an yeah, obligation. Agreed. Too many men don't take that seriously. And oh, yeah. And this day, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's not my generation, yeah. the agenda that was pushed yeah. forward. Like, you know, women should yeah. take responsibility. Uh, no, that's it. As a man, that's your responsibility. It is your responsibility and take responsibility and provide for your family. But at the end of the day, what my wife and kids want from me is not the money I bring home. They want me to be home yes. and they want me to be present and listening to them, laughing with them. And you can do that regardless regardless of what your job is or what, what you drive. hundred percent. A happy home is what's required. I mean, I'm a money coach and I still believe that, you know, yes, money is great. And you, there's no reason why you shouldn't be ambitious. And there's no reason why you, you know, and if you are ambitious and if you are uh, an entrepreneur, you're going to take risks and those risks are not going to always succeed. There's, you know, you're going to fail sometimes and pretty hard. Right. And, uh, and this is where, regardless of what material things you can provide for your family as a man the thing that should be constant is your love, affection, attention. And especially when kids are growing up, your time. The kids will grow up and the time flies and you realize, oh, where did the time go? And I know that, you know, when I was married, I, I, I divorced my, my my second husband, uh, you know, uh, seven years ago. He's is a narcissist. But I remember when we were going through that, uh, we, were, we were married for seven years. And I remember having conversation with him time and time again, because he would leave on, on Sunday evening and not come back till Friday evening. He only lived like the work was only like an hour away. There was no need for him to do that. But the reason why he did, because he was doing all sorts of other stuff. He was a, he's a textbook narcissist. And, um, uh, you know, he was out there gallivating, you know, girls and whatever else. And I remember when I, I didn't know about this, I, I thought he was this really hardworking, honest man. And I remember having this conversation with him time and time again. Yes, we want to work. And yes, I'm ambitious. And I, yes, you know, you know, we, you know, I need to go and create something for us. But is it important for you to turn up? And I wasn't even asking for much. I was just asking him to turn up to kids' plays at schools, at kids' uh, sports days, at parent evenings. Those are the things I kept saying. Those are crucial for your children. You know, it's okay. I remember this one time we booked a holiday and he didn't want to come. Now I know why, because he was going off with his girlfriend at that time or doing whatever else he was doing. But he said, oh, no, no, he's working. 
And and even though he was telling you a false narrative, I know this is true for a lot of men. They prefer to be at work thinking that, that, that it's easier for them to work, get the money and send the wife and kids off to a holiday rather than them. But the fact of the matter is, and I said this to him at the time, the kids don't need that money from you. They don't need you to drive a 40,000 pound car. They need you to spend that four days with them in that holiday. And he chose to pay one of my cousins to come with me for this four day holiday rather than come with me. Now, obviously, looking back in hindsight, obviously, there's there's many reasons for that. He was, um, you know, he was just uh, he was another thing altogether, um, you know, the casinos and the alcohol and the girls. But I know that for a fact that even though he was using it as an excuse, a lot of men do genuinely feel that they need to be at work more than they do need to be at home. Whereas you can earn less money and be present more and that'll be more valuable for your children and will give them a healthy upbringing and will give them more of a, a rounded and happier version of the world but then you being away and then and then showering them material, materialistic goods. That's not what kids need. They need your time, energy, and affection. No question. And I, the, what taught me this more than anything, Gold, my father died when I was seven. Uh, he was 44, which obviously is very young. He yeah. had a heart attack and died at work. And so what that taught me was that you, you're not guaranteed a single second of life. And so I, the only thing I really ever wanted was to be a father. <clears throat> and so when I lost my father, I determined that I was not going to regret missing out on things with my kids. Now, because um, I'm a minister, I'm, my schedule is very flexible. And I understand that not everybody can do what I did. I understand that. And I don't, I, I'm not trying to criticize men who have to be at work to provide for their families yeah. at all. But the point is that um, I made it my mission to be at everything that my kids were doing. Um, I coached my kids in all their sports. I attended every recital. I can count on less than one hand the things that I missed. And again, for me, that was easier because mm -hmm. of my job. But a man who chooses to miss what his kids are doing is making the wrong choice. I don't care what he's choosing over yeah, his agreed. kids. Agreed. Um, you, you're not, and and you will regret when your kids are older and they're gone. And my kids now are in their twenties. One of them is out of the house completely. One of them is going to college in the fall. The other one is still at home, but you know he's gone more. Um, and so they are going to be gone and you are going to be sad that you did not prioritize time with your children. Um, I do not regret and I missed out on a lot of money. I missed out on a lot of uh, things that I enjoy playing sports and, and going to things, movies with guys and that kind of stuff. I don't regret one thing that I missed out on because I was with my kids and I will never regret that. Wonderful. On that note, we can wrap this up. We <laughs> took longer than I wanted, but it was a still interesting <laughs> conversation we carried on going. So tell us, David, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on the internet? Sure. So a couple of ways. My website is www.takeback, the letters YL, takebackyl for your life, takebackyl.com. And you can find me on Facebook. I'm David Price in Moorhead City, North Carolina. Look me up on Facebook and connect with me there. So if you are listening to the podcast, then the links to David will be on the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have the links for him to do check him out. And I do highly, highly recommend if you are an entrepreneur 
And even if you're a new entrepreneur or a veteran entrepreneur, please do check out David and have him in your back pocket, have him as a, in part of your support network, because I can promise you, you will need his support or you need some sort of uh, support like his at some point in life, because you will be thrown off the rails. You will have downfalls. You will be fail. You'll be failing, not be failure, but you will be failing at some of your entrepreneurial endeavors. And when you are at your low moments, you need someone to support you, to help you, to get out that rut, to get out that part, or even to have those difficult conversations with your partners that you may need to have, because we do as entrepreneurs risk and risks comes with, which means you do make financial, um, you know, uh, downfalls as well. So irrespective of what's happening in your professional life, you do need the support network. And sometimes it's difficult to have those difficult, really awful conversations with your partners. For all of those reasons and more, you need to have someone like David in your um, in your arsenal, in your support network. So do check him out. I highly recommend it. And um, and let me know what you think about today's episode. So thank you so much, David, for coming on today on a Friday feature. It's been a longer than anticipated episode, but it's been a fantastic conversation. But we have to have you back for Money Talkies. So thank you for coming today. Thank you, Gold. It's been a joy. And thank you for listening to me and David today on Friday Feature. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.